It's day three of Hanukkah, and I'm already lit. I might get to the airport four hours early, but my anxiety is always right on time. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. You know what, guys? It's Angie's Girls. I do have a little back pain, but I know the trusty medical salve spiritually physically is gonna be this episode it's andy's girls i don't know episode something or other i couldn't tell you in the clawfest at andy's girls hq with one of my favorite people we've already done a little pre-game we do a little we have a little after show pre-show moment so i'm very excited to unpack some of those details on this episode with one of my favorite people and favorite creators you know him as content manager pop culture at betches media host of the podcast mention it all and creator of Bravo by Betches. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Mazel Tov, and Happy Hanukkah, Dylan Hafer. Dylan, how are we? I'm doing well, thank you. This is my, <laughs> this is my, I feel, I've been watching um, Harry and Meghan on Netflix, so mm. I, this is the way I'm wording it. This is my final engagement before I go home <laughs> for the Christmas holiday. So oh my I'm God, really, this is your I'm Commonwealth fi- Day. I'm finishing my tour. Oh my God. <laughs> This is my. Uh, this is also my last podcast recording of 2022, <gasps> wow, wow, wow. which is really exciting. I did. I had Ashley Darby on mention it all yesterday. <gasps> I recorded with our good friend Sam Bush, aka Bravo Historian, this Phenomenal. morning. Um, and the, what better way than in the office? Mm. I'll. I don't have to worry about if my voice is sounding uh-uh. nice for like 12 days or nope. something. It's more. It's like 14, I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> dirty boy. Lots so much time away from your podcast. I mean, yeah. Like, I still have an episode. Oh, I have an episode with two of the Southern Hospitality kids oh. coming out on Thursday, which is cute. And then um, I did like a solo like Q&A episode for next week just to give the people a little something while they're while they're uh, stuck up with their families. But are we feeling hospitable about Southern hospitality? I have not seen a single second of it. I like it. Yeah. I haven't watched this week's episode because it's on on Monday nights. So I, f- I always feel like I'm starting the week and I'm already behind on it. Um, but the first three episodes that I've seen, I'm enjoying. I don't mm. think it's like, it's not like my favorite thing I've ever watched, but it does have good energy. And I think if you miss when Vanderpump Rules was about messy young people who worked at a Mm. bar Mm -hmm. I think it is giving that I don't know if it's giving the level of iconicness that Vanderpump Rules did Mm -hmm. that's like TBD for me but it's 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 giving the the vibe did you watch Candy's spinoff I didn't finish it I only watched a couple episodes and I I always meant to be catching up but honestly now that it's not coming back I don't know that I will dedicate the time i heard from people it was great yeah people liked it i was surprised they're not doing a second season so i didn't was I. I mean i don't pay that much attention to the ratings i feel like bravo is going to do what they want to do yeah. regardless of ratings it, especially in this day and age of everything streaming on peacock and right. you can watch it whenever you want but i mean i don't i don't know i didn't watch all of it so i can't attest to like oh my god it was amazing but it seemed like they had a lot of really exciting people in the cast and I one thing that I do appreciate both with Candy and the Gang and with Southern Hospitality is that there's so much more diversity within the group mm. you know, on both shows than mm-hmm. there 
really ever has been on Vanderpump Rules. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, both shows, I think, have multiple queer people in the ensemble. Um, You know, they're just, it just feels like they're, and not in a way that's like, okay, so suddenly this is a show about like, you know, social justice or something. It's like, no, it's like messy drunk people, but like two of them are gay. We can, we can handle that in 2022. Yeah, I was honestly really genuinely shocked that Candy's spinoff didn't get a pickup because, again, I heard, just heard it was so great. But then I read this fucking quasi-unrelated but quasi-related. <laughs> Welcome to Andy's Girls. I read this fucking blind item that I don't think I referenced on EG like a hot minute ago, like at least a month ago. That was about – it wasn't really – yeah, I guess it was a blind item, but they like named the show that allegedly – Per, like the network wasn't thrilled with married to medicine's numbers and they were considering maybe ending married to medicine which i cannot believe is anything close to the truth i really just think it was like hot goss that has no basis in reality because i know for a fact which means absolutely not a fact 100 percent my opinion that andy has more fun at the married to medicine reunions than at <laughs> any other show including housewives yeah i just can't believe it maybe accepting potomac i just can't believe it's possible yeah i'm behind on married to medicine so Ugh. i can't speak to this most recent season but i mean i always hear great things i just yeah, so um good. i don't always keep up in the moment but i mean married to medicine is always a show where if somebody's like oh my god like i've seen most or all of the housewives like what do I do now I'm like if you have not seen married to medicine that is like a hundred something episodes sitting there on peacock waiting to be watched that you will die for if you if you love housewives there is no world in which married to medicine is not going to give you your absolute life and it I mean I uh, speak I feel like I'm being hypocritical because I didn't watch the season that just finished airing but like watch it watch married to medicine well and it's not like you're not gonna watch it it just sometimes it takes a minute to catch up yeah and like especially you understand i'm sure like the sometimes the scheduling grind of doing this it's too much work related it's like okay well like i if i have to keep up with all the housewives shows and then i'm watching you know i was watching like winter house and doing these bonus episodes i'm like Mm. okay there's I have like I cannot not watch one, two, three, four, whatever shows a week. So it's like sometimes you just like that's me with Family Karma right now. I'm a few episodes behind and I'm like, get back on the train. Maybe I'll do that like while I'm home. I mean, I have to say, what is it? Season three of Family Karma? Yes. So I hadn't seen a single fucking episode of Family Karma this season because I literally did not have the time to sit down and watch it. Like, and at a certain point, I have to, I have to enjoy non, my beloved non Bravo TV shows in order to just like focus so much on Bravo. You need to have a little bit of a palate cleanser. I need to have my lemon sorbet, but last night this is how much of a psychopath i am last night i was like here we go it's time i'm in the mood for it happy holidays let's catch up so i watched between last night and tonight which truly isn't even anything it was between honestly if we're going to be very honest happy hanukkah between last night and this morning i watched all seven episodes of family karma this season which you say it out loud and it's like that's a lot of episodes it really isn't and family karma flies by and now i understand yeah. what amrit was talking about when we went to the live show the page six live that we both went mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. when he was talking about rumors and vishal i was like okay now i get it we're now i understand seven, we're seven episodes into this season already yeah Fuck. and i don't know how many they're gonna get yeah i don't know I don't know. I, oh, they should have a reunion. 
have they not had a reunion before? I feel they, like I've seen a reunion. They haven't had a reunion before, but their Yikes. first their first season premiered like literally one day before the world shut down in March 2020. Oh, right. And then their second season was still Hi. kind of pandemic-y. It was only like, I want to say it was like nine episodes or mm, something. 2021. Yeah. And so... I don't I mean it's hard because I think with Bravo there is always kind of this push and pull between new shows and obviously they want their new shows to succeed but then sometimes it's like okay how are we deciding which resources get put behind which shows yeah. which shows are actually getting promotion versus you kind of have these more tried and true shows where it's like, okay, Real Housewives of New Jersey has X amount of people in the world that are just going to watch it no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to get their reunion and all of this stuff. So I, I don't know. It's like for a show like Family Karma, clearly they like it slash value it enough to give it three seasons. So it's like, could we even just do like a Watch What Happens Live reunion or like some kind of, you know, like Summer House used to only get like, those little kind of watch what happens live special type of reunions. And it's like, even that would be better than nothing. I have to say, I was honestly thinking to myself when we started talking about family karma, I, I refuse to allow Bravo to give them a watch. They need <clears throat> sitting Miami style set. Like I yeah, know it's yeah, better yeah. than nothing, but like that is almost close to nothing when it concerns a third season franchise like we deserve a set you can give us a set did you see at andy's legends ball at watch what happens live they all oh god no 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 it was good they all as a cast (laughs) they all coordinated that they were gonna wear indian outfits oh love you should go you're gonna say something terrible about seating no 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 i mean whatever they were they weren't sitting in like the prime spot but like Go, you should go back and literally just watch at the beginning of the episode when everybody came out because they all look phenomenal, fucking amazing. And like, obviously, like everybody looked good that night. People were very glam, whatever. But the the impact of them coming out yes. in their like just beautiful, intricate outfits. I talked to Bali about it, I think, when I had her on my podcast. And it was like, oh, that was that's like slay. <laughs> well, that's also the importance of like representation in yeah. all forms, including yeah. in the attire that you're wearing. I think that's amazing. Also, Legends was such a blur because oh, just yeah. like being in the room where it happened it was just like nutsville. So I like don't even remember anything yeah. that happened over the course of the episode. No, I, was, I mean, I was essentially high. I was high off Bravo at that point. <laughs> um, wait, speaking of family karma, not to like segue on your podcast, but I are you going to talk about Miami? Miami. I, I wanted to. Talk so, OK, I so I was <clears throat> one mind, one mind. So I was in I was fortunate enough to be in Miami a couple weeks ago for the season five Season five? Is it season five? Three, yeah, because yeah. three canceled four, five. Right, okay. Season five premiere party. It was lovely. Peacock did a great job. Um, and I was really happy I to see most of the Family Karma cast was at the party. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was a very it was a it was a great party. It was like it wasn't like tiny, but there weren't like a million people there. It was maybe like maybe a hundred people. Hmm. And so it it was cool that 
they were all they clearly all got invited and most of them went and it was like yeah it's like you should be here you're like a whole bravo cast that lives in the same city this is happening it's wild to think of how the resources are used and it's so fantastic that they are like doing these parties in locations that are outside of la and new york like where the cast is set but then i think of the other ways that resources are not designated i.e the cast of atlanta paying themselves to do their own marketing which is so fucking weird to me that the resources aren't being delegated for Atlanta, which is that not the number one? I don't know anything about ratings, but I think it's like historically the number one highest rated franchise. That just is so weird. Like, I know that's not the same budget doing a special event versus marketing, but my God, they're kind of connected. Yeah. And I think also another difference is that like Peacock versus Bravo, Mm -hmm. I think makes a pretty big difference in terms of budget in terms of marketing in terms of priorities just in terms of like how decisions are made who's making those decisions and I think that is going to be an interesting thing to see kind of how it continues to develop moving forward because for example like that Miami party and we both went to the girls Girls trip trip party that was I mean that was a huge party in New York at the Bowery Hotel I mean that was a large event and it was a great event and you know we a ton of people got invited and like bravo doesn't do parties like that no and i so my mom was having (laughs) dinner at the bowery with two friends that night which i was like timing is everything that was so wild and one of her friends is um one of the co-owners of the Bowery. So they came up to say hi. Like, did you see them? I was, we were doing the little video thing. Yeah, I know I met your, I met your mom in the Toves. lobby before, they were a, they but I don't know blast. if I saw her at the party. But I mean, that was like, that was like a, a party. Like, yeah, well, my mom's friend who like knows about pricing at the Bowery was like, this is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like, she was like, this is not, you're not fucking, and you walk into the Bowery, you're going to pay a couple dollars. But like, that was a fucking expensive undertaking. Right. And so, I mean, obviously like events like that are fun and cool and it's it's nice that they're happening but it really is if that if it continues like that and there are more shows happening on peacock and more events like that happening it is kind of creating like a class divide between you know like miami in the housewives universe is i mean the seasons that they've had on peacock have been great yeah but in terms of the the hierarchy of like iconicness they're not at the level of say beverly hills new jersey but that's just atlanta time to me. that's just age well sure but like i think quality wise they're but like if number one but then if you're saying if you're saying like tied for one who gets the who gets the flashy right. nice premiere it's, party it is fascinating you would think it would be like beverly, beverly hills. hills and and or new york if new york was good and right alive. and it's like yeah beverly hills doesn't have a premiere party if no. they do it's like crystals hosting it yeah (laughs) so kathy and sutton would be doing some fucking shit right so i think that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting thing in the future like do people start to get kind of frustrated with that and is it seen as like something where it's like oh well would i rather be on peacock than on bravo if i could have like you know whatever i mean i think my miami's Interesting because it's still the only Housewives franchise on Peacock. Girls Trip is a separate thing. Right. So like, you know, are are more Housewives franchises going to jump ship to Peacock? Is that the kind of thing they're trying to do? Or like, it's, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. But I mean, Miami is amazing right now. So whatever they're doing, I'm a fan of it. 
I mean, I recorded an episode of AG hashtag writer girls that'll be up this weekend. And a part of the conversation was convincing one of the journalistas that he needed to watch Miami because it is just it is to me reigning supreme. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? And also, wait, can actually before I even get your thoughts on the season. Speaking of the season, noting that you were one of the few creators at the Miami event, Mm -hmm. just out of honest curiosity, how was Lisa interacting with the cast and the media? Because I would think the majority of what she was being asked about was obviously the sensitive stuff with her divorce. So at the party, it was a really, it was a really it was really just a party. There wasn't a press line. There wasn't a whole. There wasn't. No, it was not. It was like a cocktail party. Yeah, it was a. It was a. Wow. It was just a party. Yeah, I like mean, by invitation. There was there no was a small. Line. That's there shocking. was a step and repeat. They they had photographers there. You know, they were taking. They did official cast photos, but like the executive producers were there and like did a champagne toast at one point and wow. like said a few words but like it was just a party they were uh, several of the women were there with husbands boyfriends whatever um alexia's sons were there just mm. like hanging out so it's like it was not it didn't feel like an event that was for press mm-hmm. in that way mm-hmm. and so i mean lisa was having a great time i was <laughs> I was actually, I was like on the step and repeat taking photo, a photo with Nicole, Dr. Nicole, love of my life. And (laughs) literally I, so I had met Nicole before, but I had never met Lisa. And so Nicole and I are taking photos and then Lisa just like charges in (gasps) on the side of the picture. And she's like, Nicole had this like cute little sparkly person. Lisa was like, give me your purse, you bitch. And like, so I have these photos of them like playing tug of war, like tug of war. And then they were playing, they were playing the first episode on screens around the party, but just with no sound, like with subtitles, like it was just on. Yeah. And so then we are taking pictures together and Lisa's like noticing some moment that's happening on the show and she and Nicole are laughing about it. Like Lisa was having fun. Like it was, it was a good night. I mean, I feel like everybody is really positive around her because I think everybody knows like she's really going through it. So if she's coming out to this party, like let's have a good time. But then, so that was a few weeks ago. And then actually the, just a few days after that I had, Lisa and Larsa on my podcast Mm. and they came to the studio in New York together so like I was that was a lot more like one-on-one interaction with her than I had at the party and like I feel like she's really putting it all out there I mean she is very much still in the thick of legal stuff with Mm -hmm. Lenny and I think that is really weighing on her and we talked about like the difficulty of doing that in public Mm -hmm. like the fact that any little filing that gets made, any anything legal that's happening, it, there's a million different outlets that are digging all of that stuff up right away. So, like, not only that, but then, you know, like, Lenny loves to talk to the press. Lisa's out here doing press for a show. Like, there's so much noise around it. Um, but, I mean, she really is, like, facing it head on. Like, I... I felt like with with her and Larsa, like, we had a great conversation. Obviously, I was being sensitive to what I was you know, to specific things I was asking her, but like, I didn't feel like I couldn't bring it up, if that makes sense. 
It's such a difficult circumstance. It's like as a content creator, you know, you're trying to maneuver a way to talk about potentially really vulnerable Mm -hmm. topics, even if that person's discussed it, you know, previously, obviously it's a specific conversation that you want to have. Mm -hmm. And you're weighing that against the fact that like the very reality of these episodes are incredibly revealing. And I think of Lisa and I'm like, my God, like there has to be such a weight of going through this, going through this publicly, everybody knowing your business, which obviously when you sign up for reality TV, you get that. But like, obviously there was also a denial here of the reality of the state of affairs of her marriage, but also, so there's that burden, that weight, but also like, what a fucking relief that you don't have to pretend anymore that Mm -hmm. your marriage is good. Like that you don't have to pretend we're on an upswing. We were really, you know, doing not great last season or last year but right now we're doing great and as she then said on watch what happens like okay we weren't doing great but obviously when I said we were doing great we weren't like there has to be a little bit of a a literal obviously but spiritual freedom in that yeah and also like specifically with her and Larsa's relationship together we saw that they were having issues at the beginning of the season and it's kind of heartwarming to see the way that immediately when the rest of the cast found out about what was going on it seems very apparent to me that like everyone on Mm -hmm. that cast feels like they are Lisa's protectors and like they're there for her and that everything else kind of doesn't matter as much Mm -hmm. and you know Larsa for in particular is like, you know, we fight like sisters, but like, she's my sister. Like I'm obviously when this shit is going down, I don't care about, you know, whatever we were like bickering about last week. Um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, it's tough because this season it's going to be 16 episodes. We've only seen plus reunion. Um, yeah. I mean, from what I've heard, I think it's 16 normal episodes. No, yeah, no, that wouldn't make sense. Okay. It's 16 episodes. We've only seen five of them. And that's crazy. Already. It feels like there is so much material. Yeah. Even like just the Lisa and or the Lisa and Lenny stuff. It feels like there is so much to unpack already. And the fact that we know that's going to be like the biggest through line for Mm. the rest of the season. It's like, damn, we're going to have binders of things to talk about with all of the stuff going on with Lisa and Lenny. And it's like, I, I'm excited on like a housewives viewer level, but like on a human level, I'm like, God, it it sucks. Also for someone who is such a narcissist that he thinks that fucking whispering is going to do anything with protecting his voice being picked up in audio. Like that's just like you live in your own imaginary spot where you're so you're so used to getting your way whatever that is you just assume there will be no consequences for like talking shit at such a crazy fucking level about your goddamn marriage and wife I don't know I don't know if I really actually think the whispering thing was I don't know if he actually thought he wasn't going to get picked up on the microphone so tell me about that so I obviously this is speculation whatever but like a big part of me feels like going into filming for this season he had to on some level have already made up his mind that this was the train had left the station and wasn't going back in terms of maybe the exact timeline wasn't ironed out. Maybe the exact series of events wasn't planned, but 
he knew this happened soon enough into the season that it's like this man didn't snap one day and be like, I need to leave my wife. This no, is like a, he was counting down the days on his calendar. He was counting down the days. I don't know, you know, how the countdown was decided, but it was it was clearly that's kind of was what he was doing. And so to me, that hot mic moment, it's less like the thing to me is I think it was it feels deliberately cruel because if he already knew mm. he's saying, you know, I might be single in a few weeks, that kind of thing. If he already knows that he's going to break things off with Lisa, then obviously there's going to be tough times ahead. He's the one making that decision that there's going to be tough times because he knows that Lisa's going to be devastated when he ends the relationship. So the fact that he knowing that said those things I feel like he is just cruel and Mm -hmm. that that is like planting a seed that it's like, oh, yeah, not only am I going to leave her high and dry and kick her ass out of this house, which unsuccessful so far. She's still living in the house. God bless. Um, But not only is she going to have to go through it, but when she watches this episode, she's going to she's going to know how much I really how much I really like mean it and I feel like those words felt like they were designed to be little little daggers like hidden for later and this is a man who had an alleged emotional affair which now that I think about it I'm like was it really just emotional I mean Mm -hmm. I think there was always suspicions but this is someone who it's almost like how many ways can you betray this person that you are quite literally married to like right he just it's almost like his disdain for her yeah. creates well, even, a level of disrespect that he's just activating thinking, as the days go on. Thinking about what he said on that in that scene when he said, you know, I'm, I'm not still sleeping with my wife because then I would be cheating on my girlfriend on who I really care about is what he said. And it's like even to think that way is so fucked up, is so fucked up and so demeaning to this marriage that you've put in the last 10 plus years that you have kids in that you've fought for in the past I mean Lisa still like they were super open about the fact that like 10 years ago they almost got divorced and clearly it's not an accident that they stayed together for another 10 years if he really wanted out he had you know he could have done that at any point and so I think it, it I don't buy that any of the hurtful things he's doing now are like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize how much that would hurt. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like so much of the conflict that they've had has come as at the result of, or as the result of him leveraging his needs as the only priority in their relationship to the extent that like you, my spouse, deserve to feel uncomfortable or in distress if I'm not getting exactly what I want because at the end of the day, this is a business deal. Now, this is a guy who also has been like, sued god knows how many times for malpractice so i don't know that i would be taking his business advice Mm. um unrelated to relationship but i just think about the fact that like didn't she talk about on miami og them almost getting divorced when they were going through some difficulties and getting pregnant and this man can't fucking see his kids for 45 seconds because he wants to 
fuck his tennis racket or whatever. Like, Sarah, make that make sense. He really wanted to play tennis. He really want just say he that really... you want to fuck your girlfriend. Like, love forty love. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, you're. It's just you just want to love on this twenty something whatever. Or just say that you can't leave work. Like, literally, make up any better excuse than like, ah, I really. I really just want to play tennis. So maybe, or like, why can't he find a babysitter? Um, Because he's not supposed to. It's only about the duties of his wife, who he right. obviously hates and wants to feel bad. The level of passive aggression in like, Lisa, you really need to try. Do you think she wants to call you right now after you've, after she obviously already knows that her marriage is over, like mm-hmm. you can tell in that scene that there's a little bit of unspoken tension. Yeah. You're going to say to this woman on the phone who you've already essentially left, you're ju- it's just name only. You're right. dragging out the name. You're dragging her through the mud through this by pretending that the marital roles that you guys have decided on, which God bless you do you, should still be in place when you have wrecked your marriage. Well, and not to mention, this is like a little fourth Wally, so they don't say it on the show, but like Lisa is on a work trip. Lisa is. Yes. He's like, I'm busy. Ugh. I'm at the office. And it's like, Lisa Hello? is. Lisa is. Hello. In Key West for work. Hello. She's, being f- she's filming this scene, which is work. That's why you're on speakerphone, Dick. And. I hate him. If he theoretically wants her so badly to be. Not, you know, sucking his bank accounts dry. I mean, then maybe you should let her go do her work. <laughs> there's no. Here's what that the, to me is like, I know they won't say it on the show because it's not work. It's a girl's trip, whatever. It's a getaway for Alexia's birthday circle. But it's like LLC. She doesn't want to be there. She said she doesn't want to be there. She we talked about that in our interview. She didn't want to fucking go on that trip to Key West. And she went there because she had to because it's work. And so for there to be any kind of for Lenny to be like on the phone feigning like, ah, can you you need to figure this out because I'm busy with work. But like then I want to go to tennis. I don't want to go home with the kids. It's like, what are you talking about work? She's at work. You you both. I mean, in this sense, you both work like that's not you're not like lording over her that like you're working and she's not because she literally is. Is it not the ultimate gaslight what he's doing right now? And also telling her that like. What did he say? Like, you're going to watch or whatever? Like, my, the marriage is over and ju- and you're going to have to, like, fucking watch me at the club with my girl or whatever she was telling mm-hmm. um, her friend circle LLC. Like, what? the fact that he's, it's like the dagger is already, you put the knife in her back. The level of joy he seems to be having mm-hmm. in twisting it this woman who is i know this is like so simplistic but like I, and i get it and i've never been through um a marriage let alone a divorce but the malice yeah that he is portraying in making her feel terrible because he has chosen someone else it's just it is so vile and mm-hmm. she's obviously upset yeah. I mean, like, understatement of the year. Yeah. I mean, I don't... The, the, the thing that makes me feel better and that I think should make Lisa feel better is that there is not a fucking person in the world watching this show yes. who is, Agree. like, ambivalent yep. or Team Lenny. Yep. Like, every single person watching this show, every single person working yep. on this show... Yep. And that is one thing that, like, being at 
you know, working with people from Peacock, being at the party, like talking to the publicists and everything, like everybody in this operation is like so team Lisa. It's almost it would almost be weird if it didn't make so much sense. Well, I also feel like that's such a plus of Miami is that and I know the ways that this term and idea has been gendered um, essentially against women, but like they're also fucking likable. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's a simp, but it's not it is not um, obvious that this will happen automatically. We have seen uh, different housewives go through traumas relating to the breakdown of marriages and divorces who aren't received in this way because we don't necessarily view them overall as potentially deserving for universal Mm -hmm. support which I think says something not only about Lisa but about the cast there is to me a sense of rallying I think between these women it's unbelievable casting but I also think it's kinship Mm -hmm. and I think in a way, also, I think Lisa is an important bridge a little bit between the OGs slash like just the older half of the cast and people like Nicole and Kiki and, you know, Larsa is, uh, feels younger, even though she's like not really. But like where it's not necessarily about age, but like generation, like your right, spirit, that it feels your like, energy, that it feels like you have nine women in this cast and mm. like. I don't know how much they can all agree on, but like in this case, like nobody has any questions for Lisa. It's literally just like, we are going to, we're going to be here for you. Which is so necessary. And I feel like there's an honesty in that. There's an honesty in like receiving your friend saying your husband's a piece of shit and Mm -hmm. understanding you no longer have to attempt to like flail in defending him like you no longer have to do it we can all acknowledge that he is treating you poorly because he's not a good guy and best of luck to him for like Mm -hmm. his medical career or whatever doesn't he like leave napkins and boobs and stuff like I know that like that's gonna be a part of it too you know someone's gonna bring it up and she's no longer gonna have to like he left like a fucking knife in someone's ass or something. I don't know. That's not totally. <laughs> allegedly, no allegedly. 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 Someone Talking get, about getting sued. <laughs> someone get that plastic wear out. Allegedly. You know, BBLs are not um, super safe. And no. maybe it's because people keep leaving cutlery in there. Like, what am it's I like, to say? It's like when Jules Weinstein baked the fork into the calzone. <laughs> Too much she was cheese. just she was just in a silly goofy mood. She was just in a silly goofy mood, and that's Lenny's every day at Allegedly. work. Every day, um, probably <laughs> fucking his girlfriend in like the goddamn storage closet. Katarina Mazeppa. <laughs> is that her name? Yes, it is. Best of luck to her. It's a very like it's. She sounds like a circus performer in like the nineteen thirties. <laughs> Katarina Mazeppa. Best. Can you imagine? He can't have that much money. He can't. It's well, not he possible. Does, he does have a mortgage. I, you can't buy that kind of like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. The way I, I almost wanted to describe it, I can't say it out loud. Like you can't, like who would want to buy that dick? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, like you, there's no, there's not enough money. Like fucking Jeff Bezos has to be tough because he's such a bad guy. But at the end of the day. I don't know. He might buy you an island, but he never will because he's the cheapest man on the face of the planet. I can't imagine the price of needing to pretend, forcing yourself to feel affection and express it in the way that Lenny demands. I would be exhausted. 
I would be so tired. I would wish he was also a masseuse. But he's not going to touch me. He only cares about people touching himself. It's like it's, it's an impossible, impossible job. I wish, what's her fucking name? Katarina <laughs> I wish her the best. Like we can, you know, I don't, right, I don't like believe she, in, I believe in prayer and positive energy. We should send it her way for the journey she's going to be going through for the next several weekends until this is over. Katarina Mazeppa, happy Hanukkah. I mean, <laughs> happy Hanukkah. I hope you get everything that your little heart desires because you're trying to make that that oil last eight nights. And babe, night number nine, he's going to fucking move on probably to your like 23-year-old niece or something. He is such a piece of... I just can't imagine it. There are certain bastards that we've seen on... I just cannot... I can't imagine... You know, it's like... Your, your significant other, I, I do believe that there's like an independence and in that you're not entirely responsible for someone else's poor behavior. I think, you know, I, I, I just don't believe that. I have people on who said differently and that's yeah, okay. Yeah, we all yeah. disagree. But like to walk around with that mm. and as an extension of who you, I know it's different. To walk, to walk around with that and Ugh. to treat that like a prize that you have it's, what's, won. I mean... I, I don't, I literally, with every fiber of my being, I don't understand it. <laughs> and you're not even in the house. What is he giving you? It's, it, it's, it is such a, I mean, there is this thing of like May, December romances and what do you see in each other? There's a traditional way of, I mean, like I used to, I, and I sometimes do it now, like walk down Park Avenue and mm. be like, um, husband or grandpa like I mean or, or um what uh, am I trying to, yeah yeah, yeah or, I know what you mean like there's the idea of like are you guys in a relationship or is this like yeah. a family gather like I you can't tell because there's such a generational divide in in age and and everything else and again god bless love comes in so many different packages but why would you choose Lenny's what Look. is he giving you he's such a piece of shit yeah I mean I I, I have no response to that like I did there is I can't describe a reason. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. 
Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkels-clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francaise. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I wonder how he watches these episodes. I think didn't his random fucking publicist intern or whomever can you imagine running his crisis comms right now i mean i think that's just straight up prayer it's like get on your knees <laughs> and just pray to the sweet lord above that this is going to work out in your favor like how do you even how do you respond to the the mic moment like how do you even he well he said it was editing right he said they edited it to make it to they make edited Lisa his look- soul <laughs> sympathetic he said they edited it to make lisa look innocent was what he said 
Right, because she's to blame for... I mean, we don't know the intricacies of their marriage. We don't know the ways that they treated each other. But at the end of the day, you're the one fucking saying this shit, and she's not. Yeah, I mean, it is It is. I hope someone finds that knife, honestly, in that like ketchup packet and somebody's goddamn elbow, elbow-octomy or whatever. Um, can we move on a little bit? Yeah. Salt Lake City. Salt Lake, okay. How are we feeling? Um... <laughs> We're feeling one so tough topic to the other. I actually just <clears throat> I just watched the most recent episode today, so I'm like a few a few days behind. So I feel like I have not I feel like I was kind of putting it off. Um, but I don't I don't know. I mean, I think the thing is with this cast, it's like knowing what's about to happen with Jen in real time that Mm -hmm. she's about to go bye-bye most likely and knowing that they are gonna have to figure out what to do with this whole franchise it's hard to watch the show and really think and really like be in the moment with that because Mm. even just knowing this whole season Knowing that Jen is going to plead guilty and the whole that whole dynamic is going to change, knowing all of that stuff, knowing that, you know, Whitney and Heather are still not getting along, that they went on girls trip and fought the whole time, apparently, and that they were fighting at BravoCon and all of this stuff. It's like it's hard to watch this show and and think of the future of this franchise and feel that optimistic, which makes it harder to enjoy what's happening because you're like. Okay, I I mean, yeah, there's like drama on this trip to San Diego, but what's the point? Mm. You have, uh, to me, like, okay, Meredith, weirdly, is kind of giving nothing right now on the show. I mean, maybe not weirdly, but like, I enjoy Meredith. Like, I think Meredith is, she makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. I I dig her vibe generally. Mm -hmm. But like... I when I'm thinking about what has happened in the last couple episodes, she has not left much of a mark, a, mar- a marks on me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! Um, so like, okay, when I'm looking at the equation of the cast, it's like she's kind of a non-factor right now in my, at least in my mental picture. Oof, rough, tough stuff. And then you have Jen, who is obviously the center of a lot of drama. Too much of a factor. Too much of a factor, given the fact that she is going to be in federal custody likely within the next several weeks so fear factor so it's like all the stuff with jen feels a little bit pointless because it's like okay i I, yeah jen is being uh, jen is being a bad friend to lisa barlow sure the way she yelled at her was was crazy and the way she pretended not to remember yelling at her was even worse but then it's like Okay, she's going to prison, so who cares? Like, Lisa's not going to be friends with Jen for the next, you know, three months to however long. Lisa's coming out on top, by the way, for separating herself from Jen. Exactly. She's going to have much less explaining to do than some of these other characters. And then, so, like, if you take all of Jen's shit out of the equation, then you really only have Whitney and Heather and Lisa. And, like, Whitney and Heather just feels so bleak because... Mm. I don't I don't even it's hard for me to even get that far into like who I agree with more because Mm. it feels just kind of like uh, it's just depressing. And the way that neither of them feel it doesn't feel like either of them are really willing to take a step back and take a breather and then 
sit down and really have the conversation that needs to be had. It's like they they both say they don't want to fight anymore and they both say that they're hurt by something the other one has done and they both say that they're not being heard or that the other one isn't listening to them. But it's like, if you really, really, truly feel that way and you want to make it better, you have to kind of put your ego aside Mm. and really come to the table in Mm -hmm. a way that is that is that you know is destined to be productive and this you know Marilyn Monroe dinner that they're doing in San Diego that's not going to be productive that's not that's not the venue where they're going to have this conversation that like really truly needs to be had i don't think heather did a great job of making whitney feel heard i mean it, to me it was passive aggressive some of the stuff she was saying like now i'm listening okay so talk talk i'm listening like yeah. that's not actually inviting inviting her to talk you're you're like right. annoyed with her but so it's like okay I'm, I don't think Heather went about that the right way but then also I think Whitney does a shitty job of communicating her feelings I think she is and has kind of always been a shit stirrer in a way that makes it hard to have like a simple pleasant conversation with her mm. but like I think to me it feels like the two of them need to just kind of give it a rest until they are ready to really move forward with each other. But the problem is because of all the reasons I said before with Jen and Meredith not really contributing and the fact that it's a small cast to begin with and we have, you know, Dana who, who, what, I don't know, Angie K, I don't know, <laughs> Angie H not allowed to come on the trip. Yeah. Like they can't take a breather and not talk about it because there's, Nothing Nothing else else. going on. The only other thing we have going on is like Jen and Lisa and like, okay, fine. But again, what's the point? And so I think with with Salt Lake City, it's tough because it's like on. On a basic level, I enjoy everyone in the cast for the most part. Mm -hmm. I think there have been some times that I've really been entertained by them. Even this season, I think the beginning of the season, I felt good about the trip to Arizona. I felt like was kind of a necessary moment for those five women to really like put it all out there in a way. Mm -hmm. But since then, it's just kind of like, what's the point? Where is this going? And until we have, until we have a clear picture of what the future of this franchise looks like, I think it's hard to really be that invested in it because I, I mean, Heather's been super candid about this. She's like, Jen is, you know, one of our, one of, if not our kind of franchise MVP. And so it's like, we're losing a really valuable player and maybe the team is going to have some rebuilding years, who knows, but it's like, what's the pieces that are left aren't going to be enough. And until we can see that they are finding new pieces, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think they have to keep the four cut or whatever I don't know Angie H if you want to keep her as a friend of it's fine because she's so fucking annoying that it's like kind of entertaining as long as some Mm -hmm. of us can agree that she's kind of a piece of shit but I feel like it's like you gotta I don't know I don't know who's in Salt Lake or who's gonna move to Salt Lake but I don't think you're gonna find any full-timers from the friends of I think yeah I think that's that's my big nervous point too is that it's like in some of 
there are some franchises where I feel like if they wanted to find six new women tomorrow, mm-hmm. there would be an, an email inbox full of submissions that are yeah. probably have some gems in there. Right. But Beverly with, Hills, I would say, New Jersey. Atlanta. I feel Atlanta. like there's a whole, you know, class of people that are just like. Yeah. Maybe Miami. Put me in, coach. Miami. Right. Yeah. Like, I think there are, honestly, a lot of the franchises feel like kind of fertile ground for casting. Mm-hmm. And with Salt Lake, we just haven't seen that since the original group. I mean, Jenny is the only person who's ever been a snowflake holder that's not an OG. And obviously, Jenny. That worked out really well. You know, we, we know what happened with Jenny. Right. However, she was as a housewife for that one season. It... <laughs> It didn't work out. Um, and, you know, since other than that, we've only had these three friends of and like. I don't know. I don't I don't hate them. I don't think they're like horrible people to have on TV a little bit, but like I don't care about them. <laughs> but do we do we replace one lightning rod for another? Like what's the energy that they're going for understanding the sort of rare cost of that mm-hmm. lightning sensation from Jen you know like yeah what kind of spirit do you well, or energy do you look for one idea that I had was so I feel like a lot of the time when we talk about casting new people on housewives shows the obvious angle is like okay like who is Lisa friends with who is Heather friends right. with do they have people that might be good for the show and I, I had this thought earlier when I was talking to Sam on my podcast I'm like I think we can all agree that they probably need a few people. You know, it's it's not just a one person, two person kind of vibe. I think having, you know, three people, maybe even four with a friend of or something is kind of what they need to be looking for. So what if they literally were looking for other friend groups? Yeah. And even if they kept, you know, through three four of the women who are currently on the show and there are only four full-timers right but even if even if Meredith left or something if they kind of had like a new group and then Heather Whitney Lisa Heather Whitney Lisa Meredith whatever Mm -hmm. that could be a way to kind of find some new roots for the franchise in a way that is like a soft reboot but we're not just banking on Heather's one friend who seemed like she would be good on TV because to me, like we've, that's kind of what they've been doing with the casting and it Mm -hmm. has not been enough. I totally agree. And again, on this episode of AG that um, folks can listen to this, this weekend, we did have a very um, communicative (laughs) uh, spiritual to be continued, like light yelling style. (laughs) about Salt Lake but there was a suggestion echoing what you said that I thought was really smart which is like bring in another friend group like Mm -hmm. instead of finding one person because one person isn't going to solve this have a crew if you only have four left assuming those four remain and who knows what's going to happen add on three because this is again a little bit of a rarity of like having the focal point of controversy like uh plead guilty to a decade plus long grift um so that doesn't happen every day but what seemingly is important or helpful with a couple 
um, exceptions, I think, of New Jersey, which can handle itself very well with a smaller cast. But like what is helpful is to have more people, Mm -hmm. not just so that you have backups when the next person gets arrested, but because I think it's also helpful for storyline. Yeah. I mean, going back to what we were we were talking about Miami and how great that cast is. And I think the fact that you have nine women in that cast with three friends up that are really contributing that it's like you have nine nine big personalities Mm -hmm. a lot of different kind of mini groups within the group you have three different kind of dynamic friend duos on that cast you have people can have small group gatherings that are still only half the cast there are so many different combinations possibilities people that can get to know each other better people who can you know few different little feuds you can have within the cast and I think with Salt Lake I mean seeing that trip to Arizona early in the season when it was just the five of them it's like they had a lot to talk about between the five of them but that was it you know there was no place to hide there was Mm. no kind of layers to find within that group because when there's only five people maybe even you know less if you remove Jen from the equation going forward there's just not enough space to have the texture that you need within a show like this and so I think you know in or like with Beverly Hills last season they had a big cast and there was you know just a lot of opportunity to try different things to have different combinations of people to have kind of like two separate events happening at the same time like those types of things that kind of just spice it up add a little bit more different variety to what we're watching than just like well here we are again another miserable dinner for five yeah and I feel like so much of Housewives is about conflict resolution which does require a certain kind of conflict which is mm-hmm. reflected differently on various franchises Beverly Hills it's more of a whisper campaign um New York you really are speaking from your diaphragm there's a louder yell that takes place and I just think like within the formula of an ideal franchise if not season Obviously, conflict in whatever form is important, but so is nuance. And mm-hmm. what we're watching on Salt Lake is like, there's some nuance there. I think with the, I think with the Heather and Whitney of it all, because there is such a lack of understanding of exactly what's going on. But overall, not really. And how much of mm-hmm. that is because we're not seeing their storyline? And how much of that is because they're writing in like very large script? Yeah. You know, we need something a little smaller a little less easier to read than what we're seeing play out and maybe that's in large part again because Jen is acting for the back of the house Mm -hmm. but like what's left when she leaves yeah one thing I'm excited for on New Jersey this season which I think we might be getting a trailer for this week yeah Yeah, so we're recording this Tuesday night and allegedly the trailer allegedly comes out tomorrow aka today guys if you're listening on Wednesday so one thing that I'm excited for for to see how it goes this season Jersey has had a little bit of a casting problem the last couple seasons where since Jen and Jackie were added their cast has stayed the same six housewives is that a problem well I think it's I don't think it has been a problem but I think they if you notice they had Danielle was a friend of obviously she 
went away for reasons. And then... What you, were those reasons? Sorry to interrupt. Danielle Staub. Oh, my God. I thought you meant the fucking real estate woman or no, whatever. No, no, no. Whose name I think was also Danielle, but could have been Jennifer. Um, That was... maybe Mary. No, it wasn't Mary. Um, um Somebody. Michelle. Somebody, Michelle. Great, okay, great, great. Right. Okay. So that's... But Sorry. no, you're, you're, answering, you're answering my thing. So we had Danielle Staub leave after being a friend of for a couple seasons. LOL at me being, thinking of literally and, anybody else but Danielle Staub. And then we had Michelle bless her heart who was the real estate person real right? estate person okay. i'm not even sure she was an official friend of but she that was the point she was supposed to be there okay and then last season we had tracy who oy came vey. in oy and vey, tracy i think tracy thought tracy was going to be a housewife and then we saw her get oh no fully sweetie. edited out of the reunion sweetie. and so with jersey That's i think tough. with jersey and salt lake actually have similar casting situations to me in that they have not been able to find new people who can really hang with the group for a few years now. But thankfully in Jersey, the difference between that and Salt Lake is that Jersey has a strong enough full-time cast that they have not really been weighed down by these people underperforming because these six women have been able to just handle it. And so this season, I'm really interested to see how the new additions perform because I don't I don't know exactly who's going to be full time and who's going to be a friend of. But I think they have made the smart decision to add people on both sides of the cast for the first time in a while. Hmm. So we have there's three women getting added to the cast and it's, you know, a, a friend for Teresa and Jennifer to play with up to play with and a couple people for Jackie Margaret and Melissa to play Mm -hmm. with and I think I think that is I mean again we haven't seen the season I don't know how it's going to play out but I like the strategy because it's like at the very least you're not just going to have one new girl added to the cast who's getting thrown to the wolves and expected to like go up against Teresa and there's no kind of counterpart so I'm I'm excited to see Hopefully some new women on Jersey this season like actually get in there and, you know, make it work. Yeah. And I do also think that Jersey, like Miami, like Potomac, like um, aspects of Beverly Hill, like a lot of the honestly classic um, franchises. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of including Miami in that for reasons that everyone who's watching current Miami understands. The friends of, it's like your friend of in name only. Yeah. Because if you deliver, if you feel, and some of that delivery is just feeling like an organic part of this group, it doesn't matter if you're full time or friend of, which I think is really helpful because I don't know how this is all working out with Jackie. Like, I don't know if she's full time or fr- I think she is. Friend- I, I don't believe anything right. essentially at any point. So I'm not sure. But I think for Jackie, it's not really going to matter whether she's full time or will. not. And I think that's with the new women. I definitely get the sense from what I've seen on social media. I met one of them at that page six. We went show. to page six live. Yeah. Um, Shout out Danny and Evan. Yeah, I met. Phenomenal. I met Rachel, who is like. She seems fun. We follow each other on Instagram now. Who's Rachel? Rachel Fuda. She is on... Your voice just... <laughs> My friend Rachel. Um, <laughs> she she has little kids. She has cute kids. She looks very Jersey. Um, a lot of leopard. Yeah. So it's... Love that. It's Rachel and... Um, I love an animal. Rachel thing. and Jen are on the, the Melissa side. 
And then we have Danielle Cabral on the Teresa side. Wow. A new Danielle in Jersey. Oh, my. Thank God we needed (laughs) a little little sage. The talk about a lemon sorbet. My God. (laughs) Um, Which one was the one? One of them asked a question during the Q&A that was like, which advice would you give someone if they were going to join Housewives, which was like supposed to be a wink. But I don't think anybody cared, myself included. They both both said something. I think maybe you're thinking of Jen. Um, I don't I couldn't pick them out of a crowd. That's okay. Which is good. You will. You will tomorrow. (laughs) But I hope. But like also that that's what I don't research. I don't look at anybody. It's no disrespect to them. I just truly. Right. No, I mean, I go off of the episode. This woman, Rachel that I followed on Instagram she has like 6,000 followers right now so like she's not like wow she's not an influencer like me getting... yesterday <laughs> <laughs> like I th- I think there is something like there there's something nice about the fact that these women they're casting on Jersey are like Jersey suburban moms like they're not they're not going for like Snooki yeah but they're hoping to turn into her yeah which we, is why we, they're on Housewives sure I don't have a problem with that Yeah. I mean, as long as they want to play the game along the way. Yeah, but like, what is the game now? Like, what's the game in New Jersey? Is it just like kissing Melissa's ass or Teresa's? We'll find out. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, but that was the thing, like watching Tracy last season, the one that like the one event that she showed up to where she really tried to get in the middle of Joe and Teresa's issues. Mm. It's like. No, no, babe, you gotta, you gotta walk before you can run. You haven't, your resume is blank right now. And you're trying to go in for the CEO position. You're like, (laughs) you're like going in for like, what's, uh, it's just like, it's like stupid to think that you would be able to do that. Or she was portraying herself as like housewives norm core, where she was like, well, you're having a conversation. Somebody's having conflict. I'm going to ask you what the conflict's about. And it's like, we're all going to pretend that like, we don't know, or like, we're going to pretend that like Teresa understands reasoning in that way. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's, that's not going to happen. You can't just be like, or you can, mm-hmm. you, maybe you should. It's it like, just... Teresa, l- l- hear, hear your brother out. <laughs> Listen <laughs> to your brother. That's not what, Ger- that's not what Tracy even sounds like. I don't, I don't know what, I feel like I'm like Linda Belcher right that's now. It's going to be Danielle or Rachel, I think, is <laughs> what we're going to hopefully go for. But um, yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. I mean, there is this idea of like Housewives Normcore, and I'm trying to make that into a thing in my okay. head as of three seconds ago. But like the idea of like, I don't know the situation, explain it to me. And there's some franchises where that can work, or you right. can pretend that it works like on Beverly Hills, and some instances like New Jersey where you're sticking your foot in scalding hot water, mm-hmm. and then you're going to wonder why it starts to burn you know like it's not quite yeah. gonna work out i'd rather have friends of like sharice and jacqueline <laughs> can we just take one second what the fuck sharice no jacqueline no i i'm saying sharice needs like a year-long nap i just feel like she's like she looks isn't like she, she having one she right looks now? like she's been through it man every time she walks in she's like what they got me doing now there was a um, I can't, I don't know who posted the tweet originally, but Evan oh Ross Katz reposted this tweet on his story Shout yesterday. Shout out Evan, a confrontation. There was, like, there was like, um, it was like Giselle, it was or whoever. It's like Sharice is the real grand dame of Potomac, and then it's like Sharice every episode, and it's just like the most exhausted looking <laughs> person you've ever seen. Like it's a photo of somebody else, and it's just oh my, oh my god. god, it's so funny. Love that. 
had to be there. Wait, let me see if I can. Okay, great. This will be fun for the audio podcast. Well, you can cut out this part when I'm like searching on Twitter. Yeah, we're going to pretend I would put in that effort. <laughs> Jamie's gone. I feel like I saw it. I think I saw it and I probably laughed. Well, you probably did. Probably did chuckle. I probably reposted it in my, in my heart, which is okay. where reposts should live okay we can move on okay great <laughs> love that journey for us um so Sharice, do you think doing her her level best um i mean i don't ever have a problem with Sharice being around yeah i think Sharice being a friend of is definitely enough it's at appropriate this, it's at appropriate this point. but like i believe that she knows these women well enough to hang out with them and so I don't, yeah, I mean, I think she gives us a funny little soundbite every now and then. I love that she's there. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with Teresa as a friend of. Jacqueline, I mean. Is Jacqueline a friend of? Not I to be an so. idiot, but like, and I know she's like I mean, I don't invited know she's... to every single fucking event, but like, she doesn't give me friend of energy. I don't remember like. She if gives she, me weird energy. I don't know. Has she had a confessional? Who could, who would remember if it happened? Oh, they found the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll include that in the I'm episode. Until I don't lose yeah, it now. Okay. you're gonna text um, it to me. We'll include that in the on social for the episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with Jacqueline, it's it's funny because is I, it? Just kidding. I feel like coming into the show as Mia's friend. Mia is in a place where I don't dislike the fact that Mia is there. I think Mia is. I get. I get laughter out of Mia yeah but I it's more like laughing at Mia because I think Mia is fundamentally a little bit ridiculous yes and so coming into the show as Mia's friend and I think a lot of the women see Mia that way as well Mm -hmm. I mean talking to Ashley yesterday like the way Ashley was just so like oh well you can't believe a word that comes out of Mia's mouth so I mean whatever she's talking about it's just like a fucking lie basically and so knowing that all of the women in the group essentially are on the same page that Mia is just kind of this like unreliable narrator slash ridiculous person think think then contextualizing that Jacqueline is coming into the group as Mia's friend and everybody else is kind of like okay um hi Jacqueline nice to meet you so like um what's yours what's your story like so you and Mia are friends like that? Like, what's that like? Um, okay, g- good talk, I guess. Like, it feels like when you're, it's almost like <laughs> like Mia's this friend that they don't know that well. And then Jacqueline is like her little kid. And Mia's like, okay, can you watch my kid for a few minutes? And you're like, wait, uh, I don't even, I barely know you. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> exactly it. And I mean, there were some moments in Miami that I, and that I like, found funny with Jacqueline but it's like okay I guess I guess we're doing this sure sure but also I'm like do I do I care if she and Gordon have had sex or if what if she fucked yeah, one bought of, her a car which right like the way that this has now turned into like kind of a time-consuming storyline seems unnecessary to me because I'm like I don't really care that like I get that Mia and Gordon have some kind of like quote-unquote unusual dynamic in their marriage maybe or that they did in the past or there's some kind of like I don't know maybe they're a little kinky like I don't but I don't really care it's like 
just knowing that information is like fine with me and I don't feel the need to know all the details of it and the way that the women in this cast will fixate on that it's like okay ask your questions about like who fucked Peter's girlfriend and when but like I don't actually like okay like it's not doing anything for me I'm not like oh my god like they they slept they had a threesome one time like I don't know. Maybe I feel like I'm just like, am I less of a prude than all of the Real Housewives of Potomac that I just like don't actually care that much what's happening in Mia and Gordon's marriage? Yeah, I would care if it was happening to somebody else, but like Mia is a joke. So I, I guess that's a good point. Too, why are we that pretending like, she's a riddle? She's that not. It's like if, she's a punchline. If we found out like Robin and Juan or like Ray and Karen. Were, oh my God, Ray and Karen. I would want to talk about it for literal months. Right. But not because I would be like scandalized no, by the sex so intrigued right like not be i think the thing with the mia thing is that the group's fascination with it feels a little bit like ooh, scandalous where like i don't actually think it's that scandalous it's just like a thing that happened so or that happens that happens but i don't care about them enough to care about the particulars whereas like if it were you know ray and karen for example yeah that would be interesting to me on an actual like personal level of watching them as characters so it's like with Mia and Gordon spending time on that just kind of falls flat because it's like okay I don't if it doesn't involve anyone else in the cast I'm kind of just like okay Ray and Karen would be a reveal yeah Mia and Gordon is information and I don't yeah and also need to know it but if you're gonna tell me at least tell me also we just found out who they were a year ago and I feel like we've always known that there's some kind of like you know level going on in their relationship like it doesn't feel like surprising if they've you know had a threesome or fucked somebody else I don't know and we're still pretending that we're going off of this like girl boss storyline which makes not a lot of sense well you know be honest about that it does not make a lot I don't think that's like a shocking scandalous statement to make well, you know, it's okay that you missed her last joint opening because she has another one coming back. up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it won't be at that one either. Sorry, my invite already got lost in the mail. If we're talking about anything at the reunion, I hope that Andy invests all of this talk into like what exactly, who is fucking who at what time and how a car lease is involved in that negotiation and more on what the fuck is going on with her business and like her family dragging her on social media. Not to say that I'm like team strangers who I've never met right. before over Mia. I'm just curious about that because that is so public and truly interesting to me because a lot of her arc has been about being yeah a boss bitch so i'm very intrigued by that even in this week's episode rich in this week's episode when the producers asked her if she and gordon are financing these locations with their thank you if if they're financing the new locations with their own money and she said she essentially said it's not only our money that there's like right investors or loans or whatever which is is normal That's, that's totally normal. that's normal but then bringing up this thing of like money has been tighter since Gordon's business deal that fell through that I don't know anything about that we don't know anything about and the producers ask her about and she declines to comment further and says something about how she's sick of dealing with lawyers it's like well if you didn't want to talk about it you shouldn't have mentioned it at all because guess what my ears just perked the fuck up yeah and I might not care enough about Mia to do some googling but I sure as hell hope somebody else does because I would love to read that article (laughs) 
And I, or I would love to have that conversation at the reunion. And I really hope that someone does research. Right. Like if there's Candace, any, if you're listening, if there's anything, Wendy, hello. If, if there's anything Mia related that I actually care about learning more about, it's not what she and Gordon are doing in the bedroom. It's what she and Gordon are doing financially. Because aren't they also... In the boardroom, if you will. <laughs> aren't they also renting? Didn't she say they were renting their house while they are like, looking or something? But they did have that, like, penthouse. I believe right? she did, did say... I, that I believe she did say they are renting the house that they're in this season. But, not, but, like, of course, framed in a way that it's like, well, we're just renting because it's temporary, not because we, like, are renters, you know? <laughs> God forbid. It's I mean, not a mortgage, it's a home equity line of credit. <laughs> Which Lenny, of course, did reveal later that it, they have a mortgage. That was honestly my favorite point on Watch What Happens This Week is when Andy is trying to explain to Lisa that saying that someone has a mortgage is not an insult. And she's like, no, it wasn't like her, Larsa saying that we had a mortgage. It was like the implication that that was bad. And it's like, no, but I still don't. And Andy's face is like, I still don't think that you get what a mortgage is. Like, I still don't. Right. Like, why would you again if it's flawed logic yeah i can't remember who i was talking to but they were like it's just hilarious that this was a sticking point because the idea that anyone who's not like jeff bezos would just drop 70 million dollars on a house it's just not smart economics dumb that's not how i mean again speaking as somebody who's bought many homes i mean my property alone we're in the office. <laughs> I own the building and the one next door. It's like, yeah, that's not how real estate really works unless you are like absolutely mega wealthy to the point that very, very, very few people are certainly not Lenny. Yeah, I was actually very pleased that Andy was like, I have two because that, yeah. that can be a genuine from what I've understood from people who have lines of credit mm-hmm. or whatever like that's a thing that you do for stuff I don't know I know as much about mortgages as Lisa does except that I don't think that they're bad well to I mean I if, know I'll never qualify so right. Lenny if you're listening I mean to me it kind of falls in the same category as like housewives be, like shaming other housewives for renting their houses it's like there are a million different reasons why it would why it could make sense for someone to be renting a house like it just is one of those things where it's like unless there's a specific reason that it's embarrassing or whatever it's like I don't care um complete sidebar do you think we'll ever have a season focused truly on trying to navigate Dury and PK's financial oh, stuff god I you know it is kind of strange I feel like there was a time maybe like three seasons ago oh no 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 the, there was a time like three seasons where it ago could have been possible where it seemed like there was more mm. noise about that mm-hmm. not necessarily on the show per se but like I want to say around like LVP's last season it kind of seemed like there was just kind of like more like it might have been catching up with them there was that that woman who like ambushed Dorit right, in public or something, or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. around that time it sort of felt like we were just maybe waiting for like the shoe to drop but then it seems like for whatever reason, maybe it's legal, maybe it's just the universe, you know, loving Jagger and Phoenix and wanting them to stay in little baby designer clothes. But like, it seems like we've just kind of like abandoned that whole angle. And I I can't even really remember the last time I saw or heard anything like tangible about that situation i just feel like i never really understood why pre-robbery 
she wanted to sell this beautiful house that they had just moved into. It never. Did they list? They list the. They listed the house, right? I think so. The Encino yeah. house, yeah. But I don't, and I don't know if they took it off the market or they're still. But it was just the timing of it was very confusing That's to always, me. It's a little sus. I always feel like it's a little. There's always that thing of when a housewife. Or, do you remember like when, when Toya and. Um, yeah. When they first like she had a whole season talking about my dream house, this my dream house, the reunion that, the, set was her closet, the closet, the That's huge, you know, like the whole to make that like a large part of your storyline and then to with no explanation list the house like less than a year later. It's like. Maybe there is a good reason that's not scandalous, but mm-hmm. it certainly looks weird. And mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine not understanding that. With Dorit, it's like, I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't think anybody really understands, like, where PK's money comes from. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I, I don't, is Boy George really, like, bringing in the big bucks these days? What's... But at the same time, it's like, do I really, do I care? I don't know. I would know. just like someone else to care. I, I think it would be helpful if it's in the open and applies a little bit of pressure in yeah. a way that hasn't been applied previously and to see how other people respond to it. Yeah. And I also think, I mean, I I don't have like a huge problem with this, but I have, I do see other people comment on the fact that like Dorit does not tend to have a lot of personal story storyline obviously the robbery was its own Huge. thing this of season course, but like course. in terms of drama within the group hers is usually pretty tame like a cut like the season before last when she and kyle were like arguing for a few episodes mm-hmm. and it was never really about anything real and it got smoothed over before we ever even got to reunion and like it does feel like nobody ever really comes for dorit in a way that is meaningful and she doesn't really get into it with other people and you know I guess that's smart on her part because she's been on the show now for like six seasons Mm -hmm. and it doesn't ever really feel like she's on the chopping block but I do think there is it's interesting that she's been around for that long and like aside from the robbery it's like when was the last time she really was like at the center of a feud or like that kind of vibe so i honestly don't even remember her really being put under a lot of pressure at a reunion aside from like select arguments with like kyle for example i mean i feel like at the reunions she gets the most shit for like the way she pronounces words and like the her kind of personality quirks it's like those are the things that i remember her like defending at the reunion which is right like, well auntie you know the thing about me is that sometimes you just speak like that like that's my <laughs> that's like my recollection of like dorit's dorit getting like heated at a reunion yeah is like somebody calling her ridiculous or something and it's like yeah like she's not somebody who really gives a lot in terms i feel like she's very much like a personality driven housewife mm-hmm. And that's fine. But you, I mean, when you've been on the show for that long, if you've managed to mostly steer clear of group drama, it is kind of like, is that because you're just really lovely and always friendly with everyone? Or is there like kind of like a protection vibe going on? Well, and also there's a very thin line on Beverly Hills, um, most obviously between being a personality housewife and an absolute caricature and a caricature mm-hmm. is all fine and good. Like we like them select out of towners, enjoy themselves a, 
a Times Square sketch, but that does not a successful, longstanding franchise make. You know, like we got to fill that in a little bit. We got to make some of that look realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, can't only be cartoon all the time. Yeah. Look how that turns out. You know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited. I'm. I'm. Beverly Hills is probably going to start filming soon, and then we'll yeah. we'll see. I'm. I'm. I'm curious. I'm really curious to see what actually ends up happening with their casting because obviously when the season was ending, people were just talking about it a lot. And, you know, there really hasn't been any kind of tea since then because I don't think anything's been happening. So it'll be curious when the the contracts go out and cameras go up to see kind of where it shakes out. If you had genie style for 2023. Oh, three wishes. Fuck resolutions. Oh, fuck. Okay. Three wishes, anything you want. It can literally be the dumbest thing. Okay. Not to judge you, but it can be absolutely stupid and extremely small. You get whatever you want, and one of those can't be a million more wishes. Okay. Um, I would say um, whatever you want. I want either Kelly Ben Simone or Aviva on Roni Legacy. Okay, that's one w- wish number one. One of two is enough. I don't necessarily need both, but I feel like... They bo- cancel each other out. I feel like both yeah. of them are like a question mark that I think the group could benefit from. Mm. Um, Let's see. What is two? two, 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 two. We had Jersey. We got... I almost said Dallas, which is... I'm obviously unwell. Um, <laughs> Salt Lake City. We got... Um, Beverly Hills, Orange I would County. say, okay, not to not to Neom. not to waste two wishes on New York, but I would Do say it. I really, really hope the Roni reboot is good. For our sake. Uh, for our sake. We're the only ones who matter. I hope it's good and the community. I hope, I hope people are fair about it if it is good. Is that like us talking in a mirror? Like when you say people are fair, do you mean content creators? Do no, you mean I mean the it, general sh- audience. Like it can't. We all of our cam- comments can't only be. I wish Dorinda was there. I wish yes, it was and I think that's what I've felt a little bit because you know when I've posted about the new cast or mm. about anything related to the reboot, so many people are still stuck on. This isn't Roni. I want my girls or whatever, and it's like, first of all okay, pretend amnesia, you literally know that we're getting legacy. So Mm -hmm. your girls, aside from Ramona, who removed herself from the equation, maybe by force, um, like they're not going anywhere. So you commenting on a post about the reboot saying we want the OGs back. It's like, yeah, they're they're doing it. Mm -hmm. They're doing that. It's you just are wasting your time. So I yeah, I mean I'm I'm just hoping that I'm I'm going into it with an open mind and I hope others do the same. Because if it's good, it would suck for it to not get the attention or appreciation only because it's not this original cast or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's it's like a dual thing of that like obviously I hope it's good, but I also hope that if it is good, people are fair about it. Okay. Um third wish. My third anything wish. you want, literally anything you want. Ooh. <laughs> um, my third, my third. You should light the fucking menorah for this. My third wish. I hope that we get. Um, oh, you know what? I think would be fun. Tell me. I want them to expand Ultimate Girls Trip to not <gasps> only be housewives. 
Oh. Or like some version of it to include other Bravo people. Not to be dumb, but I feel like that like has to happen. Doesn't that have to happen? I feel like that has to happen. Um, Married to Medicine needs to be on Girls Trip. Quad. Married to Medicine also... Ashley Darby is like, I want Gigi on to go on a girls trip oh, with Gigi. I don't know that I'm ready for that. Put, for Goldessa? Put MJ on there. I don't think uh, I'm ready for Gigi. I fucking die for MJ though, but I don't think I'm ready for Gigi. I want also Which Gigi would we be getting? Knives Gigi? No, I think like Wusa Gigi. Okay. Like smoke a blunt Gigi. I'm okay. Smoke a blunt, but I'll like tell it like it is, Gigi. Okay, just pack her with as many blunts as humanly possible. Oh just give God. her a big old bag of edibles. I do. I am excited, hopefully in 2023, 2020, did I say that right? 2020. It's whatever year. It's all the same. It's I'm excited to hopefully see some future with the Shaw's crew because that is something's happening. Something's afoot and I I miss them. And I think I wasn't like an OG Shaw's viewer. I only actually have watched the last like three seasons. Mm. I think that's like a to-do list that someday I'll go back and watch all of it. But like, I think that core cast like they have a spark that I miss yeah and I hope whatever they're gonna do is good Reza's on that uh Peacock show the Traders oh right um, I'm probably not gonna watch that you know maybe I'm I'll not. be bored I think all the episodes are coming out at once which could make it like an easy thing to ignore bin. honestly is what I'm thinking <laughs> it's either it, it's either it either get means, it done with so I don't have to think about it again it either means you'll watch it all in one day or you'll you won't watch it and a week later everyone will have forgotten it happened. honestly that show makes me want to catch up which would be impossible because I haven't seen it in so many years but like to watch the challenge like I why would I watch that like oh. I, there are there are other shows wait but it's based so it's based on a UK show the oh, traders that, that genuinely is already changing my okay and I I, I trust and I UK have, reality TV they, they have, know what they're doing so I have heard from people whose opinions I tend to trust. value okay not always agree with but like value their opinion okay. I don't remember talking to you about this just kidding we haven't <laughs> Oh, um, I've heard that the UK version of the Traders that was on this year was actually really good. So we'll see. Okay. I mean, my expectations are like blank. Like I don't. Yeah. Whatever. But, you know, Ryan Lochte. Do we care about what's he even up to? I don't know if we have to care. It's a competition show. What's the other swimmer's name? Michael Michael Phelps. Not Michael Phelps. If, if Peacock, yeah, they have budget for something. It's not Michael Phelps. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't know that anybody could afford Michael Phelps. You know who can afford Michael Phelps is like Talkspace or Head? Head what? Talk. Talkspace. Better help. Better help. He does one of the two. Good for him. No, well, good. He's, he's had like a really a great journey. No, yeah, I like good, good for that. him. But like they must be cutting a fat check. Well, it's totally worth it, though. You get one superstar spokesperson. Michael Phelps. I mean, The Rock, Ke- uh, Kevin Hart. Like they. Not Kevin Hart. No, but like for Capital Chase or whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> Some kind of bank like Whoa. that. <laughs> but that like, that works itself out. Yeah, that's true. Um, I see Rashida Jones on the like city bike thing holding up the little credit card. I'm like, good oh, for her. that's <laughs> adorable. <laughs> We're team Rashida here in the office. She's just wonderful. She's so talented. Yeah, get her on the White Lotus. I wonder if, oh my God, I would fucking love that. Are you kidding? I wonder if she watches Bravo. I, I feel like she does, non-ironically. I want to say that her, she and Sofia Coppola call each other and talk about Jersey. Oh, I just bought a Sofia Coppola coffee table book yesterday. Oh God, I've seen Marie Antoinette so many fucking times. She can do no wrong in my book. So good. I didn't see the the leg one though spoiler alert 
like what? with Nicole and the woods oh the beguiled I love that movie no. it's on Netflix it's like ninety minutes I don't know why I have no interest in it I Wikipedia'd it which is how I know there's a leg involved Edwina get the saw <laughs> yep no I don't know why I'm just like and I love Nicole Kidman I just truly have no interest that's okay I mean it's not her best it's not Sofia Coppola's best movie but I really enjoy it who plays the like soldier or whatever somebody hot Colin Farrell yeah there we go soon to be Oscar nominee Colin Farrell for the Irish stuff the Banshees of Inisher yeah, yeah I need to <laughs> it's really good I think it's on HBO Max now guys if you <laughs> <laughs> so, even though Dylan does like the AMC thing which P.S. <laughs> it's like 25 25- this is how fucking dumb I am it's absolute stupidity stupidity it's $25 a month you guys go to like a bunch of fucking movies and you can go to like any AMC or whatever so I signed up for it to see the new I was gonna call it Mission Impossible with planes with Top Gun thank you so I saw Top Gun months ago we're talking like absolutely the spring and I haven't seen anything since but I have been paying $25 a month and I it's almost like I think that like you're getting a percentage so I'm fine with it but it it truly doesn't make any financial sense but that's how much I enjoy seeing your movie reviews on Instagram stories that you save on highlights mm-hmm. like I love when you recap movies and you give reviews and I'm really 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 and truly not a movie person I'm absolutely my DNA is a hundred percent that bitch and also tv like i do not but i'm paying this fucking 25 we've talked about this before i'm like i just don't understand how it works like how it works is if you don't use it you should cancel it but i'm just like but one day i'm gonna be dylan so it would save me time (laughs) if you're already if you're already signed up I mean, what's a movie rack? The Irish thing, right? With what? Colin, the the people yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. So that is that the one that you would recommend? What what what's some great holiday movies that have nothing to do with the holidays and everything to do with absolutely escape? Um, I don't know how many theaters this is like in still in question mark. Um, Steven Spielberg's new movie, The Fablemans. It's yes. like really really good. Um, mm. good. I'm you oh there's like it's very like Jewish themes which I think you would Shalom enjoy. and I'm friendly with his sister okay um the same colorist. sorry S- Steven Spielberg's sister yeah shout out Nancy okay um but yeah it's she's re- been posting about it it's really really good and like um Michelle Williams plays like his mom character and like she's amazing um, is Paul Dano in it yeah he plays the Dano, dad Dano potato potato Dano yeah Give him an Oscar and call it off. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Fablemans is really good. Oh, also, like, I feel like a lot of people are going to see Avatar with their like over oh, God. the holidays. No, it was good. I mean, it's like it's very Avatar, but the underwater stuff is really really cool. Do you have to wear the glasses? You, I mean, you can see it not in 3D, but like the 3D is cool. I went to. How old are we? Twenty. Five. We're 27. We're 27 years young. Spiritually, we're 20 plus. Yeah. Dylan is the embodiment of something that we both share. We have many things in common, including our absolutely biological age. Right. And I remember going to the the first one and yes. when whatever year that came out recently, right? Or 2009. We were, so we were three. <laughs> <laughs> Math is fun. We were in like second ninth. grade. <laughs> So, but I remember I went to like the 3D one and I was like, first off, it was too fucking long. Very blue or green. Blue. Blue. And I, <laughs> it was the 3D one and it hurt my tum. I got yeah, sick, it's, I got I sick mean, from it's, it so I had to watch the blurry movie that everyone's like, this is God's gift to blue cinema. And I just, they weren't even banging on drums. That's not my kind of blue. Like, it just wasn't for me. That's okay. That's okay. 
So you should tell people to go to the blue movie. Does James Cameron need more money? Shouldn't we be taking some away? You don't have to go see Avatar The Way of Water in 3D if you don't want to. I'm don't just, do it, guys. I'm just, you're asking what people are going to see over. No, what they should see. Oh, what they should see. Yeah, I mean. Go see something with pink in it. The singer, but really the color. Pink. A, a, a purple, a, a deeper blue. Okay. I mean, I have shoes and dresses that color blue. I just think, again, there are other colors out there that we should support, like this magenta pink that I'm pointing to and sometimes a cherry tomato red. Okay. I believe you. He's going to buy those colors soon enough. He's going to buy the whole fucking rainbow and it's going to be weird garden alien stuff in different colors until the end of time. He's been working on this saga like it's the fucking... Ten Commandments, Jesus or Moses or whoever was involved in that. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait for the next one. Christmas 2024. Didn't spend that much time on this. I'm taking a stand. You know, I know that people don't like when I talk about politics on Andy's Girls, but I'm taking a real stand on that shade of blue and on the idea that like woodland fairies are the focus of this man's life. Like go back to ships. You were doing good stuff with the you know, I guess you already did it, but with the door in the water, we're still talking about that. Who's going to be talking about little bugs or whatever? I don't even know what they are. Apologies. What are the avatar? Is that the name? Of, is that the name of the creature? Is um, that- <laughs> the the Navi is the name of the... What's avatar mean? The people. Um, Wait, is that we, I can't, we can't do this. We can't do this right now. <laughs> Wait, but um, we're both the same age, so we understand. Like, avatar, isn't that what your emoji is? Not what, like... <laughs> Okay. I'm dead serious. Okay, I'm going to give you the... We got to wrap. I'm giving you a very quick description of what an avatar is. It's like the thing. It's like the other in another dimension. I'm dead serious. Okay, in the... It's like the cartoon of who you are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bitmoji. It's like you're an avatar. Okay, in the first... I get it. In the first movie, there are humans... (laughs) very young. There are humans on this planet of Pandora. And the native... The not native, bracelets. The native people of the not planet are the bracelets. blue people, the Navi. And then the humans have like a... Environmental, whatever. They have a scientific right. program. They trees and they cut them down. Everybody dies. They have a scientific program where What's they can that like... that movie? The cartoon. Remember the cartoon where the, the huckleberries? The, the, remember the... the no. <laughs> Okay, continue. So the, there's the like, humans come and fuck everything up. For there's the blue science, people. but there's like a science thing right, where of humans there is. can he like made his own language, like Star Trek or whatever. Where humans like, can like <laughs> embody <laughs> the blue people, and then that is your avatar. Oh, that's interesting. So like Sigourney Weaver is a human, and then she like is that's... in a blue body, and then sh- that's her avatar. I don't remember that. Well, again, I couldn't see the screen well because... <laughs> You're like, I don't remember that. It's a movie you saw once 13 years ago. <laughs> when I was seven, as we said, my brain hadn't fully formed. Obviously, it's still growing okay. as we've decided. Well, maybe I'll see that. I don't know, guys. Don't listen to me. What am I? What do I have to say? I'm just go, a, go see The Fablemans. I'm just a gal with a micro... Go see The Fablemans. Support our culture. Yeah. Meaning, you know, our heritage. James Cameron doesn't need more money, but Steven Spielberg does. He is struggling, okay? He's an we support independent movies here at Andy's Girls. Exactly. Um, on that note, Dylan Hafer, what a journey, what a ride. Yeah. What's your favorite color? Uh like hunter green. Wow. Interesting. Can I, a person have a wrong answer? Mm-hmm. Hunter, so I guess that's good for you with the holidays, right? Because Hunter Green does figure prominently in like a Christmas plaid. Sure. 
Okay. I don't know. I don't feel strongly about it. It's just like if you ask my favorite color, that's all my right. Answer. You're gonna come back, and we're gonna unpack that a little bit more. Where can people listen to mention oh my it all God. and follow you on social and do all the things? I promise my podcast is usually more interesting than my 30 second description of the plot of Avatar. Um, so. Well, I found it very interesting. So if you're saying Andy's Girls isn't interesting, people can come back next week, and I'm gonna talk to them about what does a word mean, and that'll be an eight hour episode, and you're gonna explain it to me how a sentence works because <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast you know sometimes i'm confused okay well you can listen to mention it all wherever you get your andy's girls uh we usually do three episodes a week mention our, it all but not colors apparently our holiday Staying schedule away. our holiday schedule is a little uh a little wonky but we have lots of great stuff there and you can follow me on instagram at dylan hafer and follow at Bravo by Betches for lots of housewives and more. Who wants to bet that Lenny's favorite color is brown? Who wants to bet? Like a bad brown. Not like a fun, beautiful, rich brown, but a shitty brown. I'm just saying. Guys, think about it. Um, Listen, Andy's Girls, it's this thing that you're listening to. And I'm so thankful that you are. Happy holidays, regardless of whatever you're celebrating or, to be honest, keeping it real, hiding from. Um. You know what's a real joy and a real celebration is joining the AG Patreon. Number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. Patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Put that in your loved one's stocking. I even have a premium tier where you can record a Patreon episode with yours truly, Dame Galley over here. And we can talk about your favorite color for 80 to 90 minutes. It would be a pleasure and a thrill. And Lord knows I'll have something to say about it. So sign up for the People's People's Couch premium tier. And, you know, while you're celebrating and giving yourself a little prezzy, why don't you buy a gift to the upcoming live show online that Ryan Bailey and I are co-hosting with Moment. It is, in fact, a moment. And if you're unable to attend the live experience, which will be, again, a moment on Thursday, January 5th at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can get an on-demand ticket. And why are you laughing? And watch wherever and however you want for seven days following that joyous event. And you can get your tickets right now, $12. Buy them, uh, meet, buy, again, in honor of Annika, buy eight. Get them now at moment.co slash Girls and follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Send me a pic of... um. Your favorite color. Maybe you don't have to send a picture of it. You could just really kind of tell me which one that is. That would be a real great conversation starter. Um, I would love that. And I love all of you for listening. And Dylan, thanks for coming to the Clawfus. Of course. Hunter Green. Wow. You know what, guys? We we have a lot to think about today. (laughs) We heard about little blue alien people and stuff. And also some thoughts on Lenny Hochstein and so much more. And again, comedy podcast. So if Lenny's legal team is listening, it is a show about psychology and stuff, but we're also just making jokes. And allegedly, you know, maybe they'll find that knife and that Kleenex and that ketchup packet. I really hope they do. But Dylan currently looks like he's being put under. So... I need Dr. Nicole to give me some anesthesia. Oh, my God. Dr. Nicole, give us both some anesthesia. I think I might be under it right now. So good for you. Um, Guys, thanks so much for listening to this wild journey, this wild ride. And we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.